the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, good afternoon, everyone. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. It's the John DePietro Show right now. It is 106 on this Thursday, and we are coming to you from our nation's capital, where it is day two. Federation for American Immigration Reform, known as FEAR, hold their feet to the fire. And we have some more guests coming up. Folks, as you get a sense of just what a uh, difficult situation it is right now at the border, Again, uh, Juan and John. One goes to Washington, JD, in DC. I want to mention a couple of number one, brought to you by RE Coogan and Heating. Stop in and see, um, give them a call. RE Coogan and Heating. Remember what Coog says: Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562-RE Coogan and Heating. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. I tell the story that over the course of the weekend, all of a sudden had an emergency. The uh, no hot water. What happens all of a sudden out of nowhere, our hot water heater kicked out. Gave us a good 10 years, but kicked out. So what did I do? Did I try to fix it? Of course not. Did I panic? No. I called R.E. Coogan and Heating, folks. 401-732-6562. Kilgi came right out. Replaced it with a new 50-gallon tank. Remember, a gas boiler, oil burner, uh, hot water heater, and or, remember, for your heating and cooling today, plumbing, heating, and cooling, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Uh, residential services, R.E. Coogan Heating. Folks, also, this portion of our program, I want to say a special good afternoon to Marie at It's My Health. She is uh, listening and joining the program. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, the queen of health. It's my health, diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant, where, remember, they offer great vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies like the incredible Akai Berry, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, octave skin brushes, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products. Stop it and see Marie. Now, today, it's Thursday. It's a nice day. Pop in and see her. There they are, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant and right down the street from End Zone Sports Pub. It's my health. And good afternoon to Marie, who's enjoying the program. So, folks, again, you can uh, certainly tell uh, the latest now and the theme of what's been happening. And I, I love the last guest who was just uh, completely 100% on the money um, it's good. I like hearing an outside perspective saying, well, that mayor, he ought to move back to, he ought to go to Guatemala. He's not in Guatemala anymore. And, folks, that is the the reaction of uh, people. And you realize that that we are in some ways just a uh, an outlier. And it, it shouldn't be allowed. So we have some more guests coming up. But I, I think you can tell the theme um, as someone that has, you know, covered this in 2015 where there was some hope. You know, when I was uh, broadcasting from here in 2015, uh, even then, the fact that President Trump, you know, was already talking about, and you heard Sabina mention that, where saying that as soon as she heard, she never heard anyone who was so vocal about it, uh, talking about illegal immigration, it really stood out to someone like her. It just what an impact it had. So now if you missed yesterday's broadcast, folks, we do have it up on the website, which is depetro.com. And again, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. Don't forget this Sunday night, it's the biggest NFL regular season game as Tom Brady and the Bucks return to Gillette. The return of Tom Brady this Sunday night, and they're going to be ready for it at End Zone Sports Pub, 1066, excuse me, um, 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. So it was, uh, it was, you know, it's good for me to hear some of our our guests as far as uh, some of the individuals that I've had a, a chance to get to know. 
um, over these years and hearing some of their stories. And uh, it's it's really incredible, especially, you know, the last guest you heard of some of the ranchers. And we have some more that are coming along. And um, it's uh, it's it's really um, remarkable what they have to put up with, what they have to put up with uh, in, in, in the just the sheer numbers, the sheer numbers of where they've been able to see instantly where the number of people, just apprehensions that immediately took off as soon as Team Biden took office, right? Like this is, these are people that are right on the front lines. These are people that they're, they're living it. And, you know, I, I saw there was a, um, but while we're waiting for the next guest, I, I did see that in the, the sixth District 6 Senate race, and I don't want to get too off track here, but just follow me. Ray Rickman, um, Ray Rickman, who's running for office, said he thinks there should be a moratorium on handguns in Rhode Island. I mean, if that is not the most ridiculous story going right now or position, and I I don't know um, whether or not he's being called out for it. But when, when you think about that, so he's running for state office. He wants a one-year moratorium on, on handguns. Now, the violence in Providence, <laughs> none of it is committed by legal gun owners. It's, it's, it's mostly targeted, gang-related, and they're all illegal guns. So a one-year moratorium? On, on handguns, like that's actually being recommended. Folks, that's why, if you don't mind, it reminds me of um, competition shooting supply. Stop in and see our friend John Francis, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Uh, you can call him at 727-1716. Firearms, ammunition, accessories. It's competition shooting supplies. Well, right now at 113, again, good afternoon. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380. And also 99.9 FM. We are coming to you from our nation's capital. It is the uh, annual Hold Their Feet to the Fire. And folks, joining me right now, she is, um, you want to talk about someone that lives on the front lines. And we've had the privilege of interviewing her and her wonderful uh, husband, Fred Davis, in in the past. But joining me right now is Peggy Davis who's an Arizona cattle rancher. Peggy, welcome back to the John DePietro Show. John, thank you so much for having me. My best of Fred. Uh, sure, send us good wishes along. Absolutely. Um, has life on the ranch changed since President Biden took office? Yes. In what way? <laughs> In what way? The In board- a word, yes. <laughs> the border's wide open. Yeah. Um, just anybody that wants to come in could come in. Um, you know, no more deportations. It's just gone from, you know, I used to say, uh, <clears throat> well, we're, uh, it's on fire and now Washington's sending us gasoline. And I'm saying that again. For a while it wasn't true and now it is again. Um, when did you start to notice that things were drastically changing? Immediately, uh, we saw an uptick along our border immediately after the the election. And then on January 21st, which would be the next day after the inauguration, uh, a little girl was taken out of her home. They live about 40 miles east of us um, in New Mexico. But the little girl was taken out of her home by three illegals, came in and picked her up and took her out into the desert. Her mother discovered she was missing almost immediately, and she saw three sets of footprints. So she called the Border Patrol, and they took off after the little girl and her dog followed her off. And luckily, they found her. Yeah, three miles from home where they'd abandoned her. They knew that the Border Patrol was after them, so they uh, just left her there. And uh, luckily, they got her back. She was six years old. Um, so, so that's the blessing of the story. But bottom line is it was the very next day. Wow. Right away. Right away. And what about the images that the entire world have seen 
just this past month alone regarding the uh, the amount of Haitians under that bridge. Like, what do you, what was going through your mind when you well, saw that? Well, the first thing I thought was, <clears throat> well, we know that there's a lot of ocean between Haiti and yes. the shoreline, either Brazil or wherever they chose to go in the beginning. And somebody paid for them to go there. Somebody yep. put them there on purpose. And that was the first thing that went through my head. They certainly didn't walk. No. They somehow got there. And, and you know, since we've learned, they were not coming directly from Haiti. They were in Central America, South America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, the rush is on. But, and again, folks, we're speaking with Peggy Davis, who is a cattle rancher. Family's been there since 1867. What was this past summer like for you and around the ranch? Well, Luckily, we live in Cochise County where we have a great sheriff, Mark Daniels. He has a saber team of five men who help him tremendously along the border area in our county. And and we have a great county attorney who prosecutes everyone that um, that they capture and bring in. He's got a 100% conviction rate. But if we didn't have that sheriff... And that prosecutor, we would be in the same position as the people to the west of us and to the east of us. We know that the drug cartel changes on a whim. Just whenever they want to change their routes, they do. So you have to, you just have to stay vigilant all the time. And as far as activity, um, when's the last time you saw either? A group of them coming or heard of a group of them coming. Um, I mean, you're 25 miles from the Mexico right, border. That's right, yeah. So when was the last time that, was it a busy summer? How was it different than a year ago? It was busier in that we saw evidence of them coming a lot. Um, about And about three weeks ago, uh, my son had gone into town and he called me on the way and he said, just to let you know, about a mile from our entrance, there's uh, several agents who have a group of uh, illegals caught here on the road, and uh, they'll, you know, there's there's one that's trying to get away, <clears throat> and uh, they've taken chase after him. But I wanted you to be on alert. Wow! That they're a half a mile from your house. Oh my goodness! So you know, you just remain vigilant all the time. Um, a good friend of ours was robbed recently huh. in a little town to the to the west of us, and and a woman was uh, actually beat up in her own home. Oh they entered goodness. her back door and and beat her up and beaten up by the dreamers. <laughs> well, of course they. Yeah, were. <laughs> yeah. I beaten up by somebody that yeah. wasn't supposed to be here. Um, there are a lot of MX-13 members that they have seen in the neighboring county, in Santa Cruz County. You see Am and Pinal County are riddled with them. Um, uh, <clears throat> my son has a friend who went uh, hunting recently in Santa Cruz County, went bow hunting, and you can't carry a firearm when you go bow hunting, and yeah. he, he called and he said, I hid under a bush for hours because I came upon a group of six armed men carrying backpacks and full camo. So he was just afraid to see in another group that might have been right behind him so he lay there for hours making sure he was, you know, by by himself there. They went on their way. But this is not uncommon. You know, it's something that we are prepared for. We, We knew would happen. Pretty sure it would happen. A revolver, a little revolver in my purse. And then my, my son got me a, a little Glock for a nice. 9mm for Mother's Day. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so he said, you, I love you, Mom. You, yes, you uh, need to take you know, those this things with are you. tricky to load, though. Uh, I've got a I'm, small Glock, too. Boy, yeah, they're a pain well, to load. Are you 12 mag in the chamber? I, you know what? I haven't shot it, but about three times. Oh, okay. And so I don't have to load it very often. And I need Listen, to go. Don't get me wrong. Glock's a beautiful firearm. Don't get me wrong. Well, but it's, yeah. they're just a little tricky, though. They are a little tricky. Yeah. But you know, I've raised on a ranch. I've hey, I've shot my I'm whole sure. life. I bet you have. But um, folks, again, we're speaking yeah. with Peggy Davis. Now, Peggy, you and Fred. Uh, I believe this marks the tenth year anniversary you've been coming to DC That's to right. be part of this. That's right. And. In that 10-year period, 
do you ever remember the border being in the condition it's in right now? I mean, the Biden-Harris plan, unless I'm missing something, it, it seems we have entered a stretch where this is, they may not want to admit it, but it's it basically seems like an open border. It is, is an open border. Yeah. It's very fair. I've wow. got I've got photographs of it. And they they lift the floodgates along that of uh, the border wall and they do it about a month before rainy season. They don't wait till the first rain comes and I it, It's open. It is. You can just walk through. Wow. But President Trump, I always got the feeling that the last few years that the president and his policies and posture, we, we were making serious progress about, and he used to say, listen, do you want to have a country you want, not want to have a country? That's right? exactly, if you're going to be a exactly country, right. you have to have a border and you have to enforce it. And right. this group that has come in has completely upended that, that entire process. Absolutely, so selfish 100%. and unfair. It's just like night and day. And as I said, almost immediately, uh, you heard horror stories right off the bat. And they're so brazen. Nothing happens to them. So they just they just go where they want to go. Do Did what they want to do. Did your son give Fred an AK for Father's Day? No. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't. But <laughs> I love that. That's a Mother's really good Day. idea. That's Mother's a, yeah. Day. Yes. Beautiful Glock. I thought that was really sweet. It is sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was. Now, here's the other thing. What did you make of... Uh, Vice President Harris and the DHS secretary and some of their comments where they were condemning the border agents, border patrol agents on horseback. <laughs> oh, my. Can you can you feel my eye roll? Yes. Because I, I honestly, I, I really think the cat's out of the bag here. We yeah. know exactly what their agenda is. Yes. This is no surprise anymore. No. And we know darn well that all of this is a smokescreen for other things that have gone on, Afghanistan being one of those things. Let's, get, let's not talk about the audit. Let's talk about uh, right. agents beating people yes. with their reins. Uh-huh. Um, anybody that rides horses much knows that right. you don't beat people with no, your reins. No. That isn't their no. intended Right. And, uh, in fact, Fred had, uh, he was riding one day several years ago now, but there were about 40 men jump out oh. of the brush, and one of them reaches up and grabs his horse's bit wow. in his mouth. And he's wow. like, whoa, they've got control of you then. Yes. And, you know, I mean, I know those agents are trained. The, the, you can tell that those uh, horse patrol agents in Texas were well trained. Yes. and. You cannot let them get hold of your animal. No. You can't. And they're reaching up there yes. to grab the tag. And it's, Who it's, knows what they're going to do? It's dangerous for them. Who knows if they're not a member of the cartel? You, well, they, yes, they're you don't probably know that. being paid. You don't know. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Now, here's the other aspect. Now, what goes through your mind? And again, folks, we're speaking with Peggy Davis, Arizona cattle rancher, our best of Fred. Fred and Peggy Davis. This is a, a family ranch is that, do I have that right by since 1867? 1867, yes. yeah. And how are they supposed to do their job now if they're not on horseback? I mean, you tell uh, well, me. Well, in that kind of terrain, uh, and we still have horse patrol where they we do. are. Wow. And, yeah, they have horse taken patrol. them away all along, but <clears throat> there, are, there is terrain that that's the only way that they can Ooh. see what they need to see. How would you describe the difference between President Biden's approach to the border and, and President Trump's approach to the border? Well, it's 180 degrees. There is no border. Mm. There is no border. They stopped the wall construction in just like Why did they stop the wall construction? Because it was working? Because it was helpful. It was yeah. a tool in the toolbox. Yes. It was helping. Right. And because it's what Trump wanted. Of yes. course, they hate Trump. Anything he wanted to do, yep. it might be helpful. <sighs> you know, it's like a mean tweet. You can't do that. Now, Peggy, what goes through your mind when we learned... That in Panama, supposedly, this is the latest news, there's 60,000 Haitians living in Panama that are now making their way to the United States. Well, And for some reason, in their GPS, they have the Davis Ranch. <laughs> no, I don't know about I better that. load up on ammo. <laughs> That's right. Get ready for you, Christmas. You know, well, you know what? <clears throat> if doesn't matter if you're, if you're armed or not, if that many of them are coming at you. Yeah. I mean, we've had... Uh, 
we have a Fred's cousin lives nearby, and she called one time. It's been a while, but she said there are ninety here, and I'm oh, scared to death. God. And she was by herself, and wow. the agents couldn't get there in time, and so he went to help her. Yeah. And if they want to hurt you, they'll hurt you. They can. They can yes. empower you. Sure. So it's you know, he, here's the other thing, Peggy. And let's just be honest before we let you go. If you and I were outside the country, and and we wanted to come in. I mean, this is the time to come. Like, them, them of making their way, it's not for naught. And as much as, you know, Harris can say, don't come here. But oh, if you and I were trying going, to... going, don't come here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but if, if you... That's what she's doing. If you and I and Jonathan, who's standing... If we were trying to sneak into a baseball game, and then the guy standing there at, at the... If he wanders off, if we were intent... We would say this is our chance. This is our right? chance. And there's nobody there. Exactly. And, and then even more, if we found out, listen, even if they catch you inside the Diamondback game, they're going to let you get a seat anyway. So it may not be a great seat, but you're going to get they're in. They're going to get in. So, I yeah. mean, I, I don't I don't so much fault them, right? If you want to get in, now is the time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a government issue. It's a federal issue that's being ignored. And we've <clears throat> been fighting this problem for over 30 years. Yeah. Easily. But it seems like right now is the worst it's ever been. The worst it's ever been. When our friend Rob Krintz was murdered in 2010. I remember that. We thought that was the worst. Yeah. And, you know, now you have to know that they're out there. Yes. There's a lot of them out there. They've already been um, arrested for probably more than one crime in the U.S. And they're up to no good. Yeah. I like um, John Ladd, who we just had on. Who's also a uh, Arizona cattle oh, rancher? Oh, very good friend. Yes. He said, um, "You know, I want people to remember they may be visiting us, going through our property for a time, but they're, they're going to live, live with, with you." <laughs> and that is exactly the situation. That's exactly right. They may be passing by the Davis Ranch, but they're not staying on the Davis Ranch. No, they're not. No. And we've been saying that exactly for at least the last twenty years. If yeah. they listened to us in the beginning. They wouldn't have the problems they have now, wow. and it, now it's a thirty. It's a fifty-state um, well, really border is. border yeah. state. All of yeah. them. You know what's incredible is how now they're also dropping them in red states. You'd almost think that they're have like planning something to change sort the vote. Sort of sounds on purpose, yes. doesn't it? You know, I was um, in, in Tennessee, for instance. I, I know, like they're getting five hundred Afghan refugees, and then on top of that, I think they're going to get. Like a thousand Haitian, re- like it may not seem like a lot, but little by little, that's fifteen hundred new Democrat voters they're dropping in there. That that we you know about absolutely right? because now we're on to the fraud. Yes, that's what. It so comes now to. we have to import new voters. That's right. Yeah, folks. She is Peggy Davis, my best of Fred. Great I, to see I you. I will certainly tell him and keep he's up the good missing work. Missing everyone. Tell your son I like his taste and gifts. Oh, I I will yes. absolutely. All right. Thank yeah. you. Take care. Good Thank to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you for stopping mm-hmm. by. Folks, again, it's the John DePietro Show right now. Thank you, Peggy. Right now at 129, we'll uh, be getting ready for our next guest that's going to join us here on the program. And uh, everybody on day two, uh, it was a very nice reception they had last night. And we have a few more people that we're, we're going to talk to. Again, I want to refer you to the website, which is DePietro.com. And we will have a lot of the video and photos posted. I also want to just use this quick opportunity to um, thank, of course, Ari Coogan and Heating, who is our uh, trip sponsor. And then also the great folks. We couldn't do it without Jeff Gamache. I mean, we just it's just that simple. Um, And and so it's it's uh, it's a unique opportunity to do this. You can tell um, I know for a fact that I have learned so much by coming to Washington, D.C. on these trips and speaking with these people firsthand. And I also, I like hearing these are outside people's assessment of our local elected officials that continue to let people down. And like I said, whether it's Mayor Jorge Elardia or Congressman David Cicilline, um, the replacement vote situation, it's real. It is absolutely real. So as we await our other guests to be coming up on uh, Radio Row, and again, we are high atop. I'll post some of the photos of what I'm seeing 
on Facebook, we had to tilt it so you just saw the <clears throat> the view from where um, the view of, of me and the guests. Otherwise, you could not. And I recognize today that the uh, angle is off just a little bit. But it's, listen, it's day two when I've done this. Everybody um, starts to drag a little bit. But, um, but folks, what's frightening right now, I mean, it, you're hearing it firsthand just how difficult that the situation is getting. And in a place like Rhode Island, where they roll out the red carpet and they welcome the illegals to come in and recruit them, it's even something more to be worried about. This portion of the program is brought to you by JKL Engineering. Hey, call JKL. Heating season. I have a feeling in the next 30 days you may put on the heat. Well, guess what? With JKL, you can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. Highest rebates in the market. They also do new installation or replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. JKL. They're licensed in Rhode Island, in Massachusetts. It's JKL. Call them. 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600. JKL Engineering. They do it right. They do it right the first time. Call JKL at 401-351-7600. Whether you're in Bellingham or Rentham or you're in Douglas, call JKL. Folks, they're terrific. Again, second to none as far as customer service, expertise. Call JKL. At 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for JKL Engineering. The uh, This is going to be, they're already saying, a tough winter. So call JKL Engineering today. And folks, you can save money. How about that? How about reducing your oil bill? By as much as 90%, call JKL Engineering today at 401-351-7600. Estimates are free. Financing is available. It's JKL, 401-351-7600. Folks, as always, we will have more video, photos, stories up on the website, depetro.com, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty. Call Pat today. Mason Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed Rhode Island of Massachusetts, 401-474-5253, 401-474-5253. Specializes residential investment property sales, services all of Rhode Island, Southeastern Mass. Hey, the current real estate market, it is terrific, unless for some reason you don't go with the right person. Then it can be problematic. Call Pat Elston today. There's also a link, folks, on the website, which is depetro.com. Uh, but call Pat 401 474 5253. So we are awaiting Laura Wilkerson, Angel Families. It's another terrible story. An illegal alien viciously killed her son, Josh. So we will talk with her. And, folks, you, you hear that. That is something, as I've said. To notice that in the media, do you notice that, and especially locally, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, they they never like to promote anymore the immigration status of someone that commits a crime. And a lot of times, you know, they, they're told not to. I know in Providence, Mayor Alorza changed it, that they no longer even are supposed to ask someone what their immigration status is, which is wrong. We know in in Boston, I mean, you had that judge who was penalized, who was allowing an illegal to then escape and allowed that to happen. So, and that should not, you know, that never should have been allowed in that manner. So, somehow, that's one of those things, and I... I also like that it's not lost on many of our guests at the cost. And I also want to give credit to um, fear is very good. 
Federation for American Immigration Reform, very good, very consistent about pointing out just the basic cost. But as I've told you, it is definitely something the local media, for the most part, has become negligent on. They don't like to mention the cost of illegal immigration. Um, You know, there's all these stories locally on local stories on the lack of affordable housing, especially in the city of Providence and Pawtucket. And, you know, this is ridiculous if Governor McKee spends half a billion dollars for low-income housing. The, The housing, the low-income housing is taken up by illegals, period. You know, I heard a great idea yesterday. I was speaking with my friend Jerry Zarella, and and he's pushing a plan, and we're going to have him on the program, but Governor McKee, Governor McKee could, in fact, I like the idea of Jerry Zarella's idea that every Rhode Islander, in fact, be given $2,500 if every Rhode Islander, now, first of all, as much as they say population of 1 million, it's, it's actually not that because then you also have children and so forth. But I think taxpayers, what you do is you take the taxpayers. And that idea, if you gave um, just have, you know 500,000 or 750,000 people and gave them $2,500, think what that would do for the local economy. People, the restaurants would be packed. And people would go out and buy furniture or get some new flooring. Now, I also recognize that one of the problems that comes into play, if you do that, is a lot of stores don't have the proper workforce to begin with. But this business of using that amount of money for low-income housing, it it makes no sense in any way. It just doesn't make sense. It, um, It should not be done. I mean, that definitely should not be done. As far as what they're going to do with the money. So it shouldn't be tolerated. Now, again, we don't know exactly yet what his plan is. So um, is that Sheriff Donahue? It is. Have a a seat, Sheriff. Why not? Folks, it can happen. Um, Thank you for uh, taking the time, folks. Joining me right now, he is uh, Sheriff Kiernan Donahue, Sheriff of Canyon County, Idaho. And, Sheriff, it's the John DePietro Show. Thank you for so much for joining us on this Thursday. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Sheriff, first of all, um, if you could give us an idea of what your experience has been like for the past year as a sheriff in uh, Canyon County, Idaho. Well, it's uh, it's certainly gotten busier, that's for sure. We've had a tremendous amount of growth, but uh, we've also had such a, a surge in, in illegal um, illicit drugs that's been really uh, more difficult for us to try to get a handle on and so with that obviously we have an increase in in violent crime Uh, we have an increase in distribution of the illegal narcotics which causes the gangs to compete with each other and we've had homicides that are on the rise and and gang related uh, crimes of that nature so it's been we've seen uh, we've seen kind of a not a dismantling of what we had in kind of in place, but we're certainly having to rise to the occasion more. And then with with the rhetoric out there about our job and the job we're doing, we're losing people. And that makes my job so much more difficult. I don't have enough manpower to, to fill the need. Um, different parts of the country, illegals, different factions of them um, tend to go in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in our region, for instance, the Boston region has one of the largest uh, Haitian immigration. That's where they go. Providence, of which the people listening to, has I think we're number the number one Guatemalan uh, destination. Who, 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 the the illegals that are infiltrating Idaho, wh- where primarily are they coming from? 
Uh, Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have uh, we have already a, a very high percentage of Hispanic population, based on you know from decades ago when the migrant families coming in to work, the agricultural uh, areas of the farms and and ranches and so on, on more of a seasonal basis. But generation or two ago, that kind of changed, and people started to stay in 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 place instead of going back across the border. Now that that is such an well-established situation that we have just an incredible influx of illegal immigration into our state, uh, but primarily from what we see as a Hispanic population, because of course friends and family already live there, and extended families, and and they can blend in. They still get hired by uh, major agricultural companies uh, to to do different types of work, and by you know even the farmers and that sort of thing. And so they can they can blend in, and uh, it's very difficult to address that side. But then with that, as you can imagine, comes the criminality because they're not all good folks, right? I mean, there's the good folks and there's the really bad people yep. and a whole bunch in between. Yes. Now, folks, with me on the John DePietro Show is Sheriff Karen and Donahue. Now, Sheriff, um, I believe... You were on, did I see you on Fox News? This yes, morning. This yeah. morning, okay. <laughs> Take us inside. What was the uh, the nature of, of, of the story that, mm-hmm. that you were on Fox News? Well, my where I'm at, I'm, you know, yep. rough north of the, the, the border, right, we're in my state. But we have, just the way the highways and, and freeways come into that system, we're kind of a, a, what we call the corridor. We are a major corridor for drug trafficking and human smuggling through in through the state of Idaho. I'm right next to Boise, Idaho. My county is adjoining county, so we're the two largest in the state. So the fact of the matter is it's, there's a lot of rural area uh, to our south, and that's an easy, easy access into the state of Idaho for uh, these criminal organizations to operate from because there's literally not nearly enough law enforcement to address that when you're talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles mm. before they get there. So what we what they wanted to look at is those smuggling routes, how, how easy it is to come up. And so we were showing them along those highways, those rural highways, just the amount of traffic and what the potential for that traffic to be calling, uh, carrying illegal narcotics, which we know they do. Again, even interdiction efforts can't slow down that amount. You might get one, 10, 10 or 15 get by you. And so we were showing that, and I was also showing uh, the team how I can, I can show areas where the cartels are assigned manpower into certain areas for safe houses, drop houses, that type of thing, and wow. then operate from there. And we've been in this for literally for decades fighting these guys. Uh, even when I was an undercover officer years ago, this was our main, this is the main area where we had to concentrate because this is where they set up shop and then they work from there. So they like wow. the anonymity of the rural area Yes, at right next door to a very urban area. Right. Yes. What what type of drugs primarily mm-hmm. are they bringing into Idaho? The, the, the primary drugs, methamphetamine has been king forever. Has it? Oh yeah. Wow. King. Uh, it's, it's one of the worst things we deal with. But, of course, heroin is very high amounts of heroin and, of course, uh, fentanyl. Fentanyl. Right. Now, the the meth, is that made south of the border or yes. made it is yes so made in mexico oh gosh yes wow over well over 90 percent 96 97 percent as you saw on fox this morning it all comes from mexico we don't have any homegrown labs anymore mm. it's so much more cost effective for for the distrib- distribution by the cartels to manufactured in mexico in south america the precursors we know for a fact come through uh china through uh southeast asia yep. and, and so then it's made in mexico super labs we call we call them and and then that product is distributed. It, everything comes through the southern border. I can assure you everything's coming through that southern border uh, because they're established routes. That's, that's how it's done. And then once it gets to our area, then we're shipping stuff clear to your area, quite frankly. We yep. can track our dope clear to, clear to where you live. Wow. All across the country. Can you, um, can you, if you see someone, can you tell what they're probably on? Yeah, yeah, typically. I mean, you come in contact yeah, with them. Yeah. So now, if you don't mind... Um, and it, I'm not profiling here, but just mm-hmm. let's just say someone is a meth head. Yeah. And you, you're, you know, you and the deputy, you're examining them. How, how can you tell? What are the characteristics you can tell that they're a meth head? Uh, there's several. Okay. Uh, uh, very erratic behavior, nervousness, yep. sweating. If they've been on it for a while, you're going to see scabs, open scabs. Yeah. And, and What is that? It's the poison inside the it body is. trying to get out. That's wow. caused the physiology of the human body is not meant for this poison to be inside of it. Yep. Uh, those, the paranoia 
extreme paranoia at times. Uh, that that makes for a very difficult prisoner. Oh, man. you got to yeah. be very careful because they're very uh, unpredictable. So the scabs. Yep. yep. The scabs and nervousness. Nervous to paranoia, sweating. Paranoia. All these things are indicators. Yeah. Um, teeth as well. Oh or, gosh, yes. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it attacks the it attacks the uh, the gums and the teeth, and and literally these people go from a, a normal looking person uh, to within months to, to skeletal type. Oh, uh, just tremendously. God. Uh, it, it's so sad yeah. what these drugs do to people. And you someone know, in law enforcement told me that meth, it, it it it's so hideous it can stay in the system. Mm. As much as two years. Yeah. And, and the guy that he said he could feel it was like popping out of his veins. It yeah. Was so in this, I mean, it's just terrible manufactured in that and way. And the thing that we're seeing, the problem, like let's say 10 years ago, we, we would, we were dealing with say 50 to 60% purity on, on methamphetamine. Today we're dealing with 98% purity wow. or 100% purity. Wow. So just think of what that's, that's like doing. That's like the Walter White blue stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, Breaking right. Bad. Yeah. Now what about fentanyl? How can you, if you see someone, how do you then say, I think they're on fentanyl? It's very interesting because we know so little about it at this time in a a general uh, statement. But the fentanyl is typically mixed in with the methamphetamine or oh the heroin. My God. And so that's huh. what that that's where the, the cartels Whew. are making money. They can what we call cut the dope. They can put in less methamphetamine and put in a small, smaller amount of of, of fentanyl, yep. which gives a high. Unbelievable uh, high. Unbelievable high, yeah. but it's also very dangerous because that's not regular. Like FDA doesn't work on those crimes. No, those not exactly. down there. No. And so if it's a little bit oh, a little too much, it, it, it's well, does it's not like they pull it off the shelf. No, it just looked like what? Uh, uh, DEA put out this yes. on Monday. You know, over forty percent of these pills are, are lethal. Forty percent. God, chance of taking it. And you don't have to be a drug user or a drug addict. You just have to be a, a high school kid or a yeah. college kid, a young adult saying, "I'm going to go out and pop a pill tonight just for a high." Yep. And you're you got over forty percent chance of dying because you took that pill. A law enforcement officer told me that um, that someone that they they were treating it with OD. The, the guy said, "Listen, I used fentanyl for a year." And I had no problem, but he got a batch. But in his mind, the fact that it could be lethal still wasn't a deterrent from not taking it. And what about someone who's using heroin, that's, which that's, used to be the needle, but now a lot of people can smoke oh, it, yeah. right? Oh, God, so, yeah. But how can you tell and say, wait a minute, I yeah, think this again, guy's Again, a lot of the, more, they don't have the nervous behavior okay. that the methamphetamine portrays. But when you look at someone on heroin, they're they're very emaciated, typically. Yeah, you know, very uh, poor health. Yes, uh, they they do get to that nervous stage and that paranoia stage because they're looking for the fix. They're jonesing, yeah. they right. call it. Yes, and so they're pretty easy to pick out too. Yeah. and they're more subdued in, if they're on it. Right, it's kind of equaling them out, but right. once they're coming down, they've got to get to that next high, and Ooh. that's when they become more dangerous as well. Sheriff, uh, again, folks, our guest is Sheriff Karen and Donahue, uh, Sheriff of Canyon County, Idaho. Sheriff, what, what is the solution right now, as far as with the border? I mean, it, it, this even even President, former President Obama, came out and said this is unsustainable for this to continue like this. Boy, I'll try to answer your question. The first, the first response that I give is that we've got to shut it down completely to yeah. try to, to take a gasp of air, to try to regroup. That's not going to happen because we don't have the we don't have the ability to shut it down entirely. But what we do need to do is slow slow the the, the hemorrhaging. We we are overrun. Uh, from a law enforcement perspective, from a medical perspective, from a criminal justice standpoint, because all this is inside of what we're trying to, to put up with, we we have to we have to get the uh, uh, administration to at least sit down and talk to us and say, look, uh, President Obama, former president, is correct. It's not sustainable, and this this fact that. Every one of these people coming across, they're paying a price to the cartels. Yeah. This is over $50 billion annually to these cartels, and they're not going to give up that money. They're very ruthless. They're very vicious. They're very uh, uh, determined. And really what we have to do, it's very difficult to say we can get in, get with Mexico and try to stop the cartels. That's been done in the past or tried to be done. It had no, no effect. We, but we have to physically stop 
the spillover and then regroup and then try to start negotiating with Mexico to try to address it on their side. And we're simply going to have to go help them. We, they no. can't do this on their own. No. Sheriff, do the cartels come into Idaho? Oh, yes. They God, do? They, they come into to, to your to your town. They, wow. There is a cartel operative in every city and every county and yeah. every state in the United States. I, I'm assuring you of this. This isn't just conjecture. No. A law enforcement person from Chicago told me, he said, you know, in the past... They'd maybe have a couple in town just to make sure everything was going smoothly. But since the border was open, he's like, it, it's it's frightening the the back and forth. Oh my gosh! It, yeah. It's that they travel as freely as an American citizen. More freely. More they freely. More freely. They, yeah. they travel with impunity. Wow! And because of the corruptness on that border, they're able to do so. And not just the southern border. Look at the northern border. Yes. I mean, there's we're pulling. Uh, Customs and Border Protection pulling resources from the northern border to help the southern border. There's nobody at the at the door. I mean, I've I've been up there. I've I've worked with the Canadian Mounties, the Royal Canadian Mounties Police, and others. And I, I, I'm telling, look, you are you are ten years behind on this deal. They, these this thing is happening right in front of you, and and now, it's really difficult. Now, do I also have this right? Was a member of your family involved? Can you touch on that? For yeah, us? Uh, just this summer, actually, uh, oh, a 22-year-old nephew of mine oh, was goodness, was uh, killed I'm by sorry. an illegal, illegal oh. alien who was. Where did who this was, happen? Uh, I'm sorry. Where did this happen? Uh, Boise, Idaho. Wow. Yep, he was driving. My, my my nephew was in a, a work truck, an F three fifty truck, and and stopped at a at a stop or stoplight in a T intersection, and uh, the illegal alien was driving a semi tractor trailer. He was drunk. He was over seventy miles an hour at a T intersection. Never even slowed down and drove right through him. Holy moly. He had an alcohol blood alcohol level of, of over point two, and uh, no license, of course, oh, no nothing. My God, uh, working for a company out of Laredo, Texas. How? And and he's been. Uh, deported before. Why is he here? And, you know, so we're now part of the Angel family and, you yeah. know, uh, and we're, of course, uh, proud in one way to be there, but sad in the other. Oh. We'll do what we can to so that other families don't suffer the way my family has. Where were you when you got the call? I was in Reno, Nevada at the Western State Sheriff's Conference and I got in my car and took off and, uh, oh, and you know, obviously I handled things for the family as yeah. a sheriff and, and I didn't let them. I went and cleaned the body and I'm the one that went and and that's hard because as a sheriff, I go see a lot of people, right? Yes. I, I see a lot of tragedy, but it's a little bit different when you have to go talk to your own family about it. And, and Tell us questions. about your nephew. He was a young man. He was, he was uh, uh, his father's a cattle buyer wow. out west. And so he grew up in that agricultural, his, his had, him and his dad, had, he had an, his own herd, starting his own herd. He had a, a good job with a really good company. And he was building that life. You know, he was, he'd, he'd had his own hurdles as a young man, but he'd gotten past that. And uh, very strongly supported by his parents and, and really on the right track. Yes. Some people don't get on the right track. He was on the right track and literally going to his job site uh, at 830 at night, turning up to, to go up north. And, uh, I mean, he was killed instantly, as you can imagine. But he never got a chance to, to have that life, and it was taken so needlessly. Why, and accidents happen every day, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not saying it couldn't have happened if this guy wasn't illegal. But the fact was he well, was the illegal. The fact he was. He was And illegal. had been so, deported. And had been deported. Didn't have to be here. Shouldn't have been no. here. No. And so that's aggravating. Sheriff Karen uh, Donahue, uh, Sheriff, Canyon County, Idaho. Before I let you go, what, what, what type of feedback do you get from the people of the county uh very strong feedback yeah. quite frankly they they like the fact that their sheriff is out here they like the fact their sheriff is out in washington dc talking about the issues i was on fox news this on morning fox news how about this morning. that and uh, that's big in idaho that that's is big, big anywhere it is and, and we're proud to be a part of it i'm very yeah. I'm, I'm outspoken on these issues and i'm not afraid to to go out and and, and address it you know in the last administration we had a seat at the table i've been yeah. to the white house with president trump a wow. couple of times and what was and that like it was phenomenal yeah quite frankly uh, is none of us are going to agree with everything the man did or said, but when he when you're in a room with him in the West Wing or the East Wing, yeah. and I was invited to both, he got uh, his ear. It was it yeah. had his ear, and it he was. was sincere when he shook your hand, looked you in the eye. You 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 understood. He right. meant what he was saying. He did, and he was direct, and he was expected of things, and we we were expected of things as well. And we had common ground, and we were making a difference down there on the border, and we were making a difference with Mexico, and and we, it was giving law enforcement and the good people of America a chance to slow it down and say, how do we fix this? That's out the window. Yeah. And right now, we don't even have. We don't not only have not have a seat at the table. There is no table. 
with right. this administration. We've asked for one. They put it away. They, they will not let us sit they down. They folded so, the table. And, and so I think, the, well, I don't think, I know the people of Idaho, the people of my county are proud that their sheriff gets out there and takes on the issues head on, and that's just how I'm built, right? I'm a cowboy from <laughs> from an Irish family. What, what, mm. what are you going to expect from anything else? Well, well, tell me about, though, when you were in the Oval Office with President Trump. I, I was what a feeling! I was wow. the, the first the first trip uh, we had probably when uh, was that? That was uh, 17, 17 or eighteen. Okay, no, let's see. I, was I it think during that, this trip as well? The this broadcast? Or it, was the first the first trip? time was it was first, yeah. it was during this broadcast, and then so there were several shares that we were up there. We had a, a round table with uh, Vice President Pence. Yes, and then we got the call that the president wants to see you all. Wow. So we all went over to the East Wing. And uh, had a photograph uh, opportunity with him, and, and he shake, shook everybody's hand and yeah. talked to everybody. Look at that. And then the next time, there's only about uh, probably about 10 or 12 of us were invited for a special meeting on yes. border security. Okay. Wow. And I'm on the board of security for the National Sheriff Association. Yep. And then, and same thing, we were in a roundtable discussion, and he says, no, I'm watching the West Wing. Wow. And so we went over, and it was awe-inspiring, yeah. to be honest with you. Yes. I mean, this is our capital. This Come is, on. This, this is America. It is. And uh, to, to be... It's big time. It's I, as I big... Was, you know what? It's as big as it gets. It, it was. It is as big as it it's gets. It's one of my most fond memories of my life. Yes. Not just being a sheriff, but no. to, to be able to stand in that, that those hallowed yes. grounds, that building. Think of you in grammar school and the teacher I, talking about, this is the White House. Can you imagine? George Washington was there. And now, fast forward... And there you I, are you, with the president of the United States. Incomprehensible. It is. To a young guy yes. like me. Oh when I was a young God. man. And yes. I'm from a very rural part of Idaho, a kid from a town of 500 people. How did that play back in Idaho? Oh, wow. my God. They went crazy. Of course they yeah, did. I didn't even get out of the White House until I had interviews set up. Look right at there. that. That is And fantastic. it was It's just the, the fact that the man took the time and, and wanted to know what we had to say. Yes. And yeah. was sincere about it. Yep. And, and said, what do you need? I'm going to try to get that done. And did get it done. Yes. Yeah. And made an effort, and you Boy, just that don't was a have valuable do ally that. to have. Yeah, I was. It's. I, I was so proud of being able to do that, and proud to, and honored that again the people, my citizens, yep. entrusted me to be their sheriff and to go do things like that. Yeah. That's that's unbelievable, sheriff. Such a honor to speak oh. with you. You have a great staff too. I do. Boy, Thank what you. a day! You're on Fox <laughs> News this morning. Yeah. You're on with me now. You're making the rounds. So, yeah. listen, keep up the good oh, work. Thank you so much. Keep doing your thing, And Cheryl. thank you for being here to, Absolutely. to listen to us. Oh, yeah. So, thank you again. Thank you. Folks, there he is. You can see him on Fox. The guy is a hero, for crying out loud. Sheriff Karen and Donahue. Thank you, Sheriff. Keep up the good work. Right here on the John DePietro Show. For folks, right now, thank you again, Sheriff. It is, uh, we're coming up on 158. And then at 2 o'clock, we will have the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program. Again, I want to thank uh, everybody associated with the broadcast, starting with our friend, the great Jeff Gamach, R.E. Coogan of Heating. Folks, you can, you can hear the theme of what it was like and then what it's like now. And it is tough. And, and we are, unfortunately, in one of those parts of the country, folks, that we are really impacted by the decisions of Congressman Cicilline, Mayor Jorge Elia, and a lot more. So right now at 158, and again, I want to encourage you to go to the website, depetro.com. You can see some of the video that we have up, hear some of the audio, and some of the photos of our uh, of our trip. And um, the... Um, it, it is just uh, remarkable how something needs to be done. And as I said earlier, even President, former President Obama, even, you know, he mentioned that having this open border is just completely, uh, completely unsustainable. So right now at 159, again, I want to thank R.E. Coogan and Heating. Folks, call them 401-732-6562. Plumbing, heating, cooling, residential service. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. I want to thank, uh, again, the great Jeff Gamach. It is uh, John DePietro. Now, folks, again, tomorrow we're going to be covering. This is going to be big. It is uh, Mandate Friday. We're going to see what Governor McKee is going to do about the mandates. Now, Governor McKee is having his uh, press briefing coming up after 2 o'clock. COVID briefing. And we'll see exactly what is done and if he backs off on the mandate. In the meantime... Uh, stay tuned. As I said, 2 o'clock news, Dion program. I'm back tomorrow at 11. 
As always, visit the website. Again, folks, it's John DePietro signing off from D.C. Thank you again to the great Jeff Camacho and stand by for WNRI Winsocket.